Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony, a news magazine show featuring human interest, in the spotlight, movers and shakers, and the news and happening that affects all of us in and out of the ACB community. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition with Anthony. I'm your host, Anthony Corona, and I've got a great welcome back after convention show for you guys. In a few minutes, we're going to be talking with our new first vice president, Deb Cook-Lewis, and with Katie Frederick, who stepped down from the board but stepped up for the BOP. And we will have ample time for questions. So if you'd like to join us for the question, you can find the Zoom link on our Facebook community page under the post that I put for today's show or on the conversation list. The Zoom is in both places. Please come in muted but uh, and raise your hand, but we will definitely have time for questions. Uh, I am here joined, as always, by my partner in crime and trusty engineer behind the scenes. Byron, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Before I ask you what's going on with Next Gen and the Fun Zone, I love our pre-show chats because I feel like every week I learn something awesome. And uh, you just taught me something amazing a few minutes ago. You want to tell the folks and then we'll, uh, we'll display it? I, I did, yeah. So I was listening to AppleViz um, a couple of days ago, which is a podcast for... Um, Apple enthusiasts, but sometimes they talk about things that are outside of Apple. And so uh, they demonstrated a feature where you can change the voice on your A-Lady. You can actually make the voice male instead of female. So all you have to do is say, um, you know, the, the magic word, uh, may that be, uh, you know, the E word or the A word or whatever. Uh, and once you do that, uh, you will say, change your voice. And she will, and she will become male, which is just really, really cool. So let's give this yeah. a whirl. All Mine right. Mine happens to be computer because we have a couple of different devices in that, you know, a couple of different A ladies. So mm -hmm. one is one, and mine happens to be computer. Change your voice. Okay, you're all set. I'll be the voice you hear when you speak to this device. Oh. If you'd like to change how you wake me up, you can also change your wake word. Let's try that. Computer, change your wake word. Okay, you can choose from Alexa, Amazon, Echo, or Ziggy. Which of these do you like? Ziggy, definitely Ziggy. Okay, you can call me Ziggy on this device in a few seconds. How neat is that? Let's try <laughs> one more. Ziggy, speak faster. Ziggy? Uh oh, <laughs> Ziggy, stop. Oh, boy. All right, let's try this one more time. Ziggy, speak faster. Okay, I'm going to speak at this speed from now on. Yeah. Wow, nice. That was <laughs> another feature that uh, we learned about from, from one of the people that were here during the pre-show. So, uh, Byron, is there anything going on with NextGen in, in the next few weeks? 
Oh man, you know what? You're putting me on the spot here. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, uh, we just got finished with convention, and it was so um, busy and stressful and crazy that I just kind of put my my brain into sort of uh, like re- relax, vacation, just recuperate mode. Um, so I am not uh, aware of what is happening uh, next with next gen. I do know that we have a Saturday night live coming up soon. That'll be uh, towards the end of the month. Not, you know, so it's not one of the most current upcoming events that are coming up, you know, within the next couple of days or weeks or whatever. But um, our Saturday night live event that we're planning for the end of August is most likely going to be a concert with a fundraising with a fundraising uh, component to it. So we'll be um, asking people to to leave a tip in the tip jar as our performers um, sing for you or do their, you know, whatever their talent is for you. And a little later on, when we take a short break, we're going to hear about convention podcasts, which I know everybody is. We are hearing some feedback. If whoever's jaws is going, if you could please mute, that would and that thank would be you, great. You, I'm, I, I'm working on getting my um, <clears throat> getting the host code so that I can go in and mute them myself because I'm not host at the moment. <laughs> thank but, you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to hear about convention podcasts. I have been asked to remind everybody: if you donated to the auction and you haven't processed your payment, please get in touch with the Minnesota office. And uh, I think that's it on on announcements. Unless you want to tell us about Fun Zone tonight. Um. Yeah. So I do a comedy show uh, where I play music. Um, make me host while I'm talking. By the way, Anthony. I will. Um. <clears throat> so I do a comedy show uh, where I play comedy music on Sunday afternoons. And uh, this week we're going to yeah, actually take a departure from the comedy music and we're going to do sketch comedy. So uh, we're going to be playing things from Monty Python and uh, the Frantics and um, various other sketch comedy artists. So if you want to check that out, go to byronlee.com. And tonight from 7 until 9 central, I'll be live doing sketch comedy. Awesome. Well, it is my pleasure to introduce Deb Cook-Lewis and Katie Frederick back to the program. Welcome back to Sunday Edition. Well, thanks. Katie, 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 you too. (laughs) I think she's muted. (laughs) Well, then, Deb, we'll start with you. You uh, You had a lot going on the last couple of months between getting all of the back-end convention, the panelists, and all of the programs sorted out, running for first vice president, which congratulations, you uh, you have won and are, are now representing us in that role. Tell us what the last couple of months have been like. Well, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. It was a pretty crazy time. I um, haven't, uh, this is kind of the first um, uh, opportunity I've had, I think, this weekend to sort of uh, melt down from all that and then take a break. Um, so it is fairly major to uh, do the back end of the breakout part of our convention, which is what I'm basically responsible to set up. So that involves uh, creating all of the Zoom locations and then, uh, which we had um, 11, actually we had 12 um, and um we then you after you create all that then you have to distribute the program 
evenly or relatively evenly among them. And you have to make sure that nothing is double scheduled and that there's space between each thing. And, and so it's a kind of a layout thing. And um, so that's kind of one piece. And then uh, basically you um, uh, create a, the webinar uh, requires invitations for the panel. It's not like Zoom where you just all give everybody a link and they just come. So we had to create those and we had uh, 350 unique uh, individuals, you know, uh, invited. Many of them had multiple presentations and we set it up so that the, if you, if you are uh, part of multiple events as a panelist in some way that you would receive all of that at one time rather than 60 million individual invites. And so we hoped that would help a little bit. And then uh, basically coordinated with uh, Cindy Hollis for the hosting and with uh, Debbie Hazelton for the streaming and had those schedules merged into the schedule that we created uh, for the Zoom. And then you just kind of monitor that and troubleshoot that and assist. So it's a pretty much, by the time you get to um, convention, it's probably a 16-7 uh, activity. Um, at least, uh, but prior to convention for about six weeks, actually, um, it was it was at least um, uh, 40 to 60 hours a week to uh, get that sort of in place. So it is a fairly, um, fairly monumental task. Well, I'll say all those out there listening who enjoyed this year's uh, convention, I mean, it, it blew it blew us all out of the water. I think we had a, hard, a, a high bar set last year and we definitely took what we, you know, what we learned and, and applied it. I loved that you guys put it all in tracks. Yes, the actual transportation and health and wellness, but also like for BPI, for instance, all of our events were carried basically on the same Zoom, on the same stream. So you kind of knew if you paid attention, you knew where to go if you were looking for certain events which made things a lot easier too. So kudos to all of you for, you know, I, I can't imagine what the spreadsheets must have looked like as mm -hmm. the events were coming in when we were all planning our stuff and, you know, making sure nothing critical overlapped and, and that there would be enough time to close out one panel and open another. Mm -hmm. Just kudos, kudos, kudos. And if you're out there listening and you want to see kudos, find those links and join us. Um, you you transitioned so you are taking on a huge new role but you're leaving behind your your seat as chairperson of the BOP so I was wondering if if there are any um closing thoughts or or you know my time on the BOP in review that you wanted to to share with us well I really enjoyed serving on the BOP and I you know it was not easy for me to uh, make a decision to to consider doing something else. Of course, uh, the people would have to decide if I was going to do something else, but in this case, but um, I really liked serving on the BOP. I would have been absolutely willing to continue to do so. I had no problem with it. So it wasn't like I felt like it was time to go or anything like that. I, I was eligible to serve two more years on the BOP, and I would have undoubtedly been appointed chair again. Although had I not been, I was still willing to um, <laughs> to do so. But but it's probable that that's what would have happened. So um, so I I actually um, 
I, I liked what I was doing. Um, and so it was a pretty deliberate decision to, to do something else. But um, I, I think there's, there are um, a lot of challenges for the BOP in our changing environment and ACB, because ACB is, is uh, realigning in many ways uh, the uh, development of the nine steering committees um, that Dan has put into place um, in the last couple of years while he's been president has changed the way much of what we do looks. So not just maybe the BOP, but, but many aspects of how we work and how we um, interact with our growing numbers of staff people and how we do how we do business in the organization and sets the tone for how that will be in the future but it does mean that that the BOP and other forms parts of the agency uh, organization rather have to um, have to kind of rethink themselves and, and work through that and um, you know we we started some good initiatives in the past year particularly related to supporting affiliates so uh, we we began some work with editors, which I think is very, very promising. And I think um, Katie and the BOP crew will undoubtedly carry forward with. Um, there was a lot of enthusiasm from the editors and a lot of enthusiasm from us. So I'm sure we'll do that. And along those same lines, I think there are some other things that we may be able to do to, to assist affiliates um, that might be related to the whole publications issue. Um, and I've seen an increase in numbers of affiliates asking for assistance around sort of low cost and low maintenance ways to manage their websites, for example. And yeah. if we can provide some, find and provide some resources or some leads for that for them, that might be really helpful. So it's hard to say what will be happening. We have, you know, big change on the BOP this year because I'm not the only one who left um, or who, who did a, a location shift um, because I'll still be the office and liaison to the BOP, so I'll still be there, but but in a very different role, of course. And so, um, but I'm not the only change. So I think it will be interesting. When I came on the BOP, it was a similar situation where I believe three out of five of the people on the BOP changed in that year as well. And so it does mean that it gives the BOP a, a real opportunity to sort of restorm and renorm and and um, relook. We hadn't had much change, you know, one person at a time <laughs> lately. But but with this year, we have big change. So I'm pretty excited about what is potentially ahead for them as they work that through. Any um, any advice as you pass the torch? Um. No, not really. I mean, <laughs> you know, Katie and I've been chatting about some of the challenges ahead and uh, we have been um, thinking about that. Katie is not new to the BOP. I mean, Katie has been a representative of, of public relations and most recently the that steering committee. Um, uh, the the uh, public awareness steering committee to the BOP uh, as a representative to the BOP for before I came. So she's actually longer term on the BOP than I am, if you actually get down to it um, in an ex officio capacity. So she's changing her role with the BOP, but she has it, it would be a lot different if she were coming in, I think, 
with no history or no experience or no understanding of both the opportunities and the challenges and some of that. If, if, if this were all new to her, then, oh, you know, there'd probably be all kinds of advice to give. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but because she has every bit as much experience as I do with it, um, if not more in just physical time. And certainly um, she's been an active and engaged member of the BOP the whole time. So sometimes people, you know, get assigned to be an ex-official member of a committee or the liaison or something to a committee and they just kind of come and, and, and they're there. And if you call on them, they're, you know, I hope they'll respond to you, but, but they may not be taking an active role, but Katie's actually always taken a really active role in the yeah. BOP, um, which I'm sure was part of, you know, Dan's thinking when he was, because she's in an appointed position. So, you know, um, we have three elected and two appointed members in the BOP. So, so Katie is in one of the appointed positions. And so, you know, um, and in thinking that through, I mean, she has a lot of time there and a lot of experience there. And I, I just have no doubt that she's going to do a great job and, um, you know, I, uh, I'm going to enjoy observing that and enjoy participating in that. And I hope I find a way to participate with them in similarly to the fact that she has done that uh, for a long time. So, um, uh, I, I, I'm really looking forward to what, what Katie does with this. Well, one thing from my time as an intern that, that continues to this day is I got to be a part of the public awareness steering committee. Uh, I am still a part. Um, and what I would love to make sure that the folks all know is that both of you uh, and other members of the steering committee are passionate about making sure that there's equal access to all of our members, no matter what their skill set level may be, you know, technology level may be, et cetera, et cetera. And so having, you know, having the role switches, but still having two prominent advocates for those out there that may not be uh, Zoom friendly and, and are still using some of the various older technologies and still making sure that we have a place at the table for everyone mm -hmm. is something I just want everyone to know. Katie, welcome, welcome, welcome back to Sunday Edition. Yes, thank you, Anthony. This is not my first um, rodeo. I've been on this program before. I believe I was on with with Sarah as as board members. Um, I, I don't want to say when because time is Time is a four-letter word these days, um, yeah. but but it is great to be to be here today, and I'm really um, looking forward to the conversation. So I think people are wondering, you know, how much thought process did you put in? You still had a year in the seat that you were, you know, that you were sitting as far as the the board was concerned. How much, you know, thought did you have to give to to making that transition to making that switch? Well, you know, it certainly was a thought process um, for me. I, you know, talked to some people that were close to me and that, you know, um, it's, it, it wasn't just, you know, my decision on my own. Um, I, I talked to some other people and got some, some feedback and input because, um, you know, this, this was a really, was and is a, a tremendous opportunity for me. And, um, I, I really, you know, was just thinking, okay, I'm going to, you know, kind of finish out my year on the board and then, um, you know, then, then what? I hadn't really thought about the then what. <laughs> so 
uh, when when President Dan Spoon approached me and asked me about um, serving on the on the BOP and and you know serving as the chair, I was um, I was humbled. Frankly, I was I was honored. It's it's um, you know it's it. I think it shows that you know I'm I'm respected with with NACBE and I'm I'm certainly passionate about the organization and you know as as Deb said I, I've been on the BOP for gosh probably at least five maybe even six years or or more um, I I don't quite remember exactly when I came on um, but it's you know and I'm I'm there at, at you know virtually virtually every meeting and I say that not to not to brag or anything but it's just it's something that I'm committed to and so um, you know when I was when I was asked to take on on the role of the chair it's it's something I take I take very seriously and you know one of the things that I wanted to um, to make sure was that you know I, I I had the time and resources to to do it so um, you know that was that was really important to me I didn't want to say yes and then um you know find that i just um, you know wanted to make sure recently, i had the capacity to do it so yeah and you recently had a role change in your professional life as well so how much did that how much did that play into the factor of whether or not you ultimately said yes but um you know was there much of that playing as in factor not particularly, um, you know, because I mean, whether I'm working, you know, where wherever I'm working, um, you know, I would have that that day job sort of sort of um, time time issue or or you know perspective. So that the 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 work situation didn't necessarily play into this. It was more of a um, you know what's what's kind of what happens outside of the monthly meetings and and what's kind of involved in that process um, in terms of you know preparation other work outside of the meetings um, in addition to you know running the meetings and and working with the great members of the board of publications so so no the professional um you know my prof professional um, position really didn't influence um the decision for me well, congratulations on all fronts and you have some great returning energy some great new energy on the bop there were two sets of um i think really in-depth and, and well done candidate forums um maybe i'm a little biased but um did you listen and did you learn anything that you're gonna apply you know going forward with the bop well i think you know i think the candidate forums were a you know, were and and are a great opportunity for not only the candidates, but really for the ACB membership. I mean, that's that's why they're there. And, you know, I think they provide a really great opportunity for ACB members to get to know people on a on a deeper level. And so, you know, one thing that um, that we talked about previously was, you know, if we were, you know, for in person, how can we structure these to be more more conversational and less um less you know question and answer based in terms of you know in in 2022 we might we might very well still have a question and answer component like we did this year but but looking at you know in person you know maybe we do more of like a, a candidate mixer or you know something where we really get get candidates and members mixing because it's you know, I think it's really key to you know let's say okay yeah I've heard the name Deb Cook Lewis I've heard her voice but 
you know, what does she, what does she do outside of ACB or, you know, what, what are some of her other hobbies or interests or, you know, what, what is, you know, I think sometimes we, we hear from and, and, you know, acknowledge the work of our ACB leaders, but I think, you know, getting to know them in a bit, in a more informal setting and really having that chance to connect with members um, is something that I would like to see the BOP look at for, for future candidates forums, um, you know, in addition to, you know, again, maybe having that more kind of organized question and answer session, because that's important too, to really understand, you know, what the candidates are, are thinking and how, how issues impact, impact them running as, as candidates, but also, you know, hearing from the membership about issues of importance. So both, both forums are, are important, but also, you know, just looking at how can we make this more, how can we make our leadership more approachable for our members? You know, so Deb mentioned a few minutes ago, working with editors. I think a lot of people in the ACB membership are excited about that. And there's been a lot of chatter. You know, there was a lot of talking in both of the candidates forums about having the BOP extend more opportunities for all of our voices. I know, I remember Penny Reader specifically saying, we'll take your story in whatever form and find a way to make it, to put it out there, to make it, you know, see light. So if you can expand a little upon that, when you, you know, when you were hearing those things, did that excite you? Are there projects that you're thinking of that will, that will open up for more ACB member voices? Absolutely. You know, I think, I think it's, it's, you know, key for people to, you know, we, we want to hear from you. We, you know, we are leaders within ACB, but you are the membership and you drive, you know, you help drive the work that, that we do. We, you know, we need to hear from you to know, you know, how we can, how we can work, what we need to work on. Um, you know, I think, I think there are going to be some initiatives coming forward around, you know, and Deb, Deb touched on this briefly, but, you know, how can we connect with, with affiliates around, you know, their presence and how can we help help you as affiliates spread the word about what you are doing to to people. And you know, that's that's really important and something that that the BOP can can assist with. And so so yes, you know, I think I think that's going to be a topic of, of conversation throughout the year is, you know, how can we how can we be more inclusive and make sure that that we are you know, hearing and listening to and responding to to the voices within within our awesome, diverse ACB community. Well, stick around. I have a few more questions for you, and then we're going to open it up to the members. But let's transition back to Deb um, for a few minutes. Kind of the same question. You know, we had two great candidates forums. You were mm -hmm. out there campaigning and, and talking to lots of people. Mm -hmm. What along the way surprised you what along the way you know did you file in in your deb you know box of i'm gonna get to this um in those conversations in actually campaigning for the ceo now senate i don't know if i actually had a lot of surprises i mean i think one of the things that you know has been the case for some time is you know members have had particularly since the pandemic and since we've you know had a different level of community involvement, um, you know, from our members across the, you know, across the spectrum. I, I think we're hearing much more from our members and from many more of them. And so therefore, I, I don't know that I had a lot of surprises. Now, having, having said that, 
I mean, um, I, I would say that that um, one of the things that I certainly heard from members um, that was in some ways um, encouraging and in some ways kind of daunting was was a concern about you know how do we frame our future so that we make sure that um, you know it is inclusive um, and that it is also going forward because um, you know it is it is a challenge when uh, sort of tradition meets change. And, um, and you know, I, I, I'm troubled by some of the things that we sometimes want to hold on to. And, um, and that doesn't mean they were never good, but it may mean that in our current environment, it, it may be less desirable. So, so I, think, I think for me, um, the surprise may have come in in how deep that challenge is and how how very much important it is to to try to work forward and work with everyone. That doesn't mean everybody gets everything they want, but 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 um, but to try to to work with everyone to bring about as much understanding and as much communication as possible, because definitely we are at a place where different segments of our membership don't see the world in the same way, and and that isn't critical. Um, but it is challenging and we don't have to agree, but we have to become um, much more accepting and much more willing to, um, to see what the future needs to hold. And I think I've said this, I've certainly thought about it. We need to figure out what we actually need to hang on to because that which is important should be preserved regardless of the cultural shifts and the and sort of the requirement shifts and what kinds of things maybe served us in their day and time, uh, but don't serve us as well now. And so, for example, just, just on a very, I mean, on the on a current topic that, that everybody's talking about everywhere, so I don't have to kind of create some new, new problem here. We've been talking about this issue of the constitution proposed constitutional changes that that you know are, are coming our way right and and you know for some people that is not controversial either side so for some people it is it is a no brainer that all of our members ought to be able to vote um, for a host of reasons that various people have talked about i'm not going to try to spend the time to review all those you know caveats but but there is a very strong sense that that um that our uh, members should be able to vote likewise there is an equally um passionate and larger than i thought um that might have been a surprise for me larger than i realized uh segment of our uh, membership that is deeply concerned about that, because from their perspective, even though we've actually had a couple of fairly successful virtual conventions and we've really done a monumental shift in how members get information and how members use information, and I would submit that if you read the pages and you attended the candidate forums and you participated in other things, you I believe you could have known, you, you should have known the candidates we had this year better than any candidates we've ever, ever had yeah. um, because of the change in the way business is done. It's not because the candidates were more open or better or anything. It's about the environment. So, Excellent. so, Absolutely. but there are, but there are people who still do not 
trust that. And so, um, and they're just as genuine as, as the other people. So it doesn't mean that they hate our members or that they believe that people who come to the physical convention are better than people who do not. And, and they recognize all those caveats, but they still are not going to be in favor of, of this constitutional proposal. So, you know, things like that for me are a, a personally challenging thing to, to understand what the issues are that people are facing in this and work through those and try to uh, listen to the truth that there is in, in both views, but also help people who may feel pretty polarized about these things, just like in our political environment we get. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, you know, to, how do you help people come to a place of, of moving forward, but not moving forward in a cavalier way? Like if we really shouldn't do this, um, then we need to see why. But if we really should do this, then we need to figure out how we do it in the best way possible. So I think we have a number of these things. I mean, this one's the one that we've taken on because it's kind of the first step. But believe me, it's not done. And um, uh, this organization has a lot of these to go through. And we may find this is the easiest one of them. Um, But I think this is something that we have to struggle through if we're going to be here uh, for the next generation and the next generation and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I think that ACB as, as an organization in general has done a really good job at living up to being transparent, you mm-hmm. know, to giving all the opportunities that, that they can think of for the membership to be involved. Um, Jeff, when he was campaigning, had brought a really interesting suggestion to light, and that was um, to have pre-board meeting um, open conversations with the membership so that there can be, you know, follow-up and conversation around rather than waiting until a board meeting, which is, you know, on ACB media, and then talking about it on the list that open forums before and after the board meetings might up that layer of transparency, but also up the layer of inclusion and, and people being able to to voice their opinions in a more you know direct way. What do you think about that? Well, I, I'm, I'm in favor of any way that we can logically increase communication. I, I am not, what I'm about to say is not not in favor of that, but I am not sure if that is the best way. One of the challenges you have is that it, sometimes things you know come up to the board in the course of the meeting that weren't necessarily planned. And then the other part of that is sometimes the board actually comes with a a lot of input and makes, you know, makes a decision or whatever. So it's kind of like, I don't want to have the board meeting before the board meeting, have the board meeting and then have the board meeting after the board meeting. But what I think, but what I think might be a good approach to, to this is to have um, and, and I think some of this happens, but I think it maybe needs to happen more formally um, to have opportunities sort of to, to ask, the, ask the whatever, whether it's ask the board, ask the staff, ask a combination of them 
um, and have conversations about things of concern. I think if we tie them to the board meeting, I think it makes you, it may make you, I'm not sure, but I mean, this is, I haven't really given it a lot of thought, but I, my thought of it right now is that that sort of makes you have the board meeting a bunch of times and makes the board meeting itself kind of potentially a little meaningless, which I'm not sure it should be. But, but what I think would make more sense, for example, um, you know, our resolutions process um, has has had public meetings and they aren't in the middle of the night. So I've actually attended many more of them than I would have if we were in person. So I hope that next year we have them <laughs> in a way like this. Uh, but seriously, yeah. the, the process, my point is that the process has been incredibly available for people to participate. And I do know that if you go and you raise your hand, that you can get called upon because um, I'm not part of the resolutions process, but I've been called upon. And, um, and I see other people being called upon. Um, the constitutional amendment process that we're in um, has been very, very transparent. And so I think, I think what we wanna do is, um, is try to figure out how to make each thing that happens um, transparent and available. And, and one of my mottos in the world is no surprises. Um, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I know that things happen that sometimes surprise all of us. So I, I understand that you can't guarantee this, but because sometimes things come from left field or whatever, and that's what you've elected a board to do is to, is to make the decisions it needs to make and to act on your behalf when there's no convention going. So that, that's what a board does. But but basically, you know, one of my mottos about the convention planning process was, you know, you'll all get along better with me. I said this to hosts. I said this to streamers. I said this to those of you who were the program chairs. You'll all do better with me if I have no surprises. In other words, you if, you come and let, if you come and let me know, you know, what you need and what you want, and I let you know what I need and what I want, and, and we're pretty open with each other about that, and we negotiate it, then we will probably not have surprises. And um, you will also not be surprised if, if it doesn't turn out the way you expected because you will have enough information to know perhaps why. So I think the board needs to operate in that same way. And, and I think that Dan has gone a long way toward making that happen. Um, and maybe we need to do some more, but, but I think the things that he has done that have helped is that um, the board meetings, all of the board meetings are available and streamed now. And, um, um, that was not the case before. So it was always true that the summer board meeting, the convention board meeting uh, was actually streamed. And it was often true that the leadership time, mid-year time board meeting was potentially streamed. Um, but the fall board meeting never was. Um, I always wondered what was on in there. You know, it wasn't any different than any other board meeting. I've been there and, and there's nothing secret about it. But anytime you're not included or you don't know what's going on, um, you know, you do you wonder. wonder that. You do yeah. wonder that. So, you know, um, even being a person who considered themselves to be somewhat in the know, I certainly wondered that. So um, I think that's fair. And so, and so I am glad that we are doing that. And I think as we have, you know, big initiatives or things that we know about that the board is going to take on um, to, to prep them up in the fashion that we've been doing the resolutions, to prep them up in the fashion that we've been doing th this constitutional amendment, I think is absolutely critical and important and helps us get um, membership feedback um, as we 
as we um, make decisions on the board or as we interact with things that are there. So uh, I think that's the way I would like to see that channeled, but I'm open for more input about it. But I think that makes more sense than hashing the board meeting, having the board meeting, and then rehashing the board meeting. So I want to sh uh, shift topics for a minute. You both put an incredible amount of work, along with many others, in you know streamlining and trying to make the email list process as easy as possible for members, as you know, streamlined as it possibly can can be for all of us, you know, leadership and and members. Um, I was wondering if if you both wanted to talk a little bit about the email list as they currently are, things that may be coming down. And if there's any comments that you have on, you know, etiquette itself, I know that there's been a lot of postings like, hey, we don't need you to say thank you, or I agree, you know, if you have a salient thought, continue, but, you know, five emails saying, way, way to go, you know, it just floods up the email box. So, you know, both um, take the time to, to say whatever you want to say about email lists. I think um, this is Katie. I think you know we've we've really tried this past year to you know we've created the conversation list and um, you know are still trying to kind of figure out how that fits within the framework of of ACB and and how you know we're still looking as a whole at all of our email lists and how we can continue to to improve our communication through email. Um, you know, I know this this was a discussion during the most recent public awareness steering committee is, you know, how and who is sending out communication where, right? So there is um, the email lists are much like, you know, Deb said, and I, I love this, you know, tr when tradition meets change, that's just, wow, that was, that's powerful. Um, <laughs> but that that's where we are with NACB, right? And so, you know, how do we, how do we um, keep, you know, using email, which is, it's just, you know, we, we want to, again, meet our members where they are. So, you know, respecting that people want to receive information via email, but also, you know, really working to solidify and, and, you know, strategize our communication to, you know, to make sure that if we're sending out, you know, announcements about convention, let's say they go to the convention list and making sure that people are, are subscribed to that list if they want to be. And, you know, we, we have a lot of work yet to do in this area. And so um, this is going to be, this is not a, okay, we've created some email lists. Now we can move on. No, no, this is, you know, this is something that we as, as the BOP and, and as ACB leaders are going to have to really sit down and, and look at and and you know I think that's the thing with with communication is it's it's you know we have our traditional communication but but communication and its methods are always changing and so you know how do we how do we adapt to that to to meet the needs of of our ACB members and so I think that you know we we will need to to really look at this um kind of in depth throughout throughout this year and and you know again beyond and um you know, I think um, it's, you know, we, we want to, we want to have the conversation on conversation. Uh, you know, we, we want to, you know, we do want that engagement, um, but, but also, you know, keeping in mind, you know, the, 
The list rules are sent out each month to the list. I saw them in my inbox this, this morning. morning. So yeah. <laughs> it kind of doesn't hurt to just give those a read once in a while, once a month or or so, you know, and and you know, we we don't want to we don't want to moderate. We want the conversation to happen. Having said that, you know, we will step in if if things do, you know, if if conversations take take turns that may not be appropriate based on on the guidelines. And so, um, you know, but but again, you know, we're we are open to um, to discussions about those. And so, if you know, I think I think we as 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 BOP members and and again leaders within ACB need to need to keep in mind that that you know communication is is always changing and we we need to try to try to adapt to that as well as as you know maintaining that that traditional approach and tell the folks you know how much conversation and consideration is put in to make sure that every avenue is considered you know every every possible member voice is considered you know i think you know sometimes change happens and people are like oh you know there's there's no room for me here and honestly you know having have, having been a privy to the the um the steering committee for about a year now i know uh, that every possible consideration is made before change is enacted but this is a good platform to, to tell the folks out there from your perspective Debbie, you want to go first? Um, well, no, I'll let Katie oh, talk about I, this because then I want to come back and add something to the whole email discussion. But I think Katie should talk about this actually first. I mean, as a continuation of sure. what she was talking about. Right. Um, so, you know, I think I think that, you know, one of the things about ACB is that, you know, we we do we do listen to, to feedback and, you know, we do have some you know, major discussions around, around, you know, how, you know, if, if we're going to make a change, how can we make it so that it enables and empowers as many, you know, our, our membership as, as, because that's, that's why we're here as leaders, we are here to, to work with and, and help support and empower our members. And so I think, you know, when we talk about, when we talk about change or, or bringing new ideas forward, you know, those are often not always easy discussions, right? And, and you know, I know that when, you know, for the email list, it took months and months. And again, our work is not done there. We need to refine that. We need to improve upon it. Um, we know that, you know, the email lists aren't where we want them to be yet. And so I think that, you know, with, with you know, change is, is not always easy, but as we, as we, change or you know continue to make change um it's it's also important for for members to you know reach out speak up you do have a voice and we want to hear your voice so if you you know if you want to be part of the change you know please get in touch with me you can you know find my information on the website or through the national office or um you know I, i'm not going to give it here on, on the on the media network but it's it's out there and it's readily available. So, you know, I I will I'm here to listen. Um, you know, um, and I, I want to hear that feedback. And and we we all do as members of the board publications, not just me. We are all, you know, we're all here to listen and here to learn from each other. Awesome. Deb, you have some thoughts? 
Yeah, I do. And I want to back up a little bit and then kind of end up in the sum of the same place that, that Katie is in. And so kind of in the reverse sense of this, the Board of Publications is, I think, one of the most gen generally and genuinely open and transparent parts of the organization. We have had public meetings the whole time um, I've been engaged and they were going on before that. They have more recently uh, been streamed, but they've always been available to call in or Zoom in, and we've always posted that. And we have always had a specific time for public comment on, if, on anything that is not already on the agenda, which means that we also let you comment on things that are on the agenda as we go. But if you have a new topic you want to raise with the Board of Publications, we provide a forum for that in every single meeting that we have. And we've been doing that since before I came. So I doubt it's going to stop now. I would not think so. And, um, and I think it's been it's brought some very interesting issues to our attention. Um, at times, they are things that are not at all in the purview of the Board of Publications, and we have to say that if it is the case, but we may be able to help direct you to what is, and we may be able to, to uh, you know, contact that, that piece of it. So still okay to ask us about it, but recognize that our purview isn't just everything that could, could use uh, change or consideration in the organization, but a number of things that have happened as a result or through the Board of Publications have come from that public forum process. So um, I, I absolutely encourage people to attend our meetings and, um, and to participate and uh, to run for the, the uh, elected positions when they show up again. I mean, because that's, that's, that's the thing. Now, I want to go back to the email for just a second, and I want to say two big things. And um, um, they're kind of candid and they may be kind of painful to some people, but here's the deal. Um, ACB is absolutely committed and has been and undoubtedly will continue to be committed to trying to create as many avenues of communication and as many formats for communication as possible. The world is changing and the support for some of those is changing in the world today. And as as we move forward, we may be less able to do some of those things, not because of commitment, but because of fact. And things that are definitely impacted in that arena are the kind of lower tech things. So how much we're able to offer on the telephone, we've been able to hold up pretty well there, but, but it's fragile. Um, if we lose our current relationship with the telephone for the things we transmit through Xenomedia, for example, we may not find another one. So that wouldn't be a lack of commitment. That would be a fact of life. Um, you know, we, we, we try to support um, email. I would say we have an increasing number of our newer members who frankly don't give a ding dang about email and they want to just get things from Facebook or they want to get things from wherever. And so we try to support all that too. But one of the things about email that has been very troubling to me is that the fact that we have tried very hard to get our leaders to participate in the conversation list because that's where our members, at least the ones who use email, are hanging out. And we have so many people from leadership who have told me, I mean, I could name them all off, but I'm not going to, you know who you are. We have so many people from leadership who tell me, I'm not gonna be on that conversation list, it's way too much traffic. But then on the leadership list, they post questions like, I don't know how to get my email to go in reverse order. It's like, 
that would be a great question to ask on the conversation list where there are all kinds of people who know the answer to that and who would love to help you do it, whether on the list or off the list or whatever. So I challenge our leaders to stop being, I don't know, snobbish is kind of the word for it, um, and to not post all those things to that list where conversation would be the place to post them, where they aren't things that you only want to talk to leaders about, that you could talk to any of the members. Don't send a message to our membership that says, your conversation doesn't interest me. Um, you know, learn yeah. how to filter messages, learn how to use the conversation threading of your email client. Um, I, we do absolutely need to, you know, expect respect and um, expect people to um, participate in a good way. And it is true that messages that just go me too are not really very useful if you have to open them up and look at them and delete them. I mean, it's true. You can just press the delete key, but how did you know you should have till you got it open? Exactly. So, so, you know, mail is mail works differently than um, Facebook um, does because you can just glance down through Facebook and see all the comments and, you know, I can read 47 comments in about 30 seconds, whereas mail, it's going to take potentially longer to do that. But I guess if we want to be committed, if this organization wants to be committed to email in particular, which is a very challenging medium to keep going because email providers are blocking more and more email. Um, there's, there's a lot of challenges to email and, and I am not sure in five years, not, not because of any decision I would want to make or because of any, any philosophical feeling I have, I like email. Um, so, but, but I am not sure in five years we'll be able to use email as, as a major component of our communication system. But if we can, we need to take a lot more uh, effort with it. And we need to, those of us who are open to email and cooperate with it, we need to be present for the members and um, be uh, open there to to participating and conversing as well. And maybe less of that in the confines of the limited scope leadership list where everybody doesn't get to see it. Don't go ask leaders questions that you can ask members or don't go offering you know, opinions on things or whatever to leaders when it's in fact members who need to, to hear your view or to, or to help you shape how you think. And so you know, I, I think the thing that's been much more successful on the Facebook community has been the fact that uh, everybody from all kinds of parts of the organization are participating together and we don't have this segregated um, grouping that we've had in email. So one of the things that I want to see happen is that that needs to change. And if it can't change on its own, we probably need to give it some help to do so. So consider it fair warning leaders. Um, but seriously, I, I, I'm not saying this to be mean or harsh or anything. I am saying it because um, I think this all goes back to what you already were talking about, Anthony, about, you know, what kind of transparency do we have and um, how, how well do they know us on sort of a personal level and, and, and uh, on, a, on a how we think level? How well can you predict how I'm going to probably respond to a problem? It doesn't mean you can do that 100% of the time, but, you know, but how well can you predict that? Because 
In fact, your ability to do that will actually influence and help your ability to perhaps change yes. how I would respond, right? Because mm -hmm. maybe yeah. if you deliver that, that information to me in a different way, or you deliver certain kinds of things that you know mean something to me as a leader that, that I care about, data, for example, matters to me a lot. So if you can deliver some, I'm probably going to be a lot quicker to say mm -hmm, that you've got it because um, because that's that's just the way I work. And but you don't know that if I'm not out there telling you that and sharing that with you and making that information available. So so I think as leaders, we need to bite the bullet and we need to try to hold as high a standard about the participation in in the conversation list as we can. But, you know, for the most part, it's not an unmanageable amount of mail. Once in a while, you know, it gets that way just because anything will get that way. But for the most part, people have been pretty gracious and pretty good and pretty and trying uh, pretty hard. And it, it's not glitch free. And it, you know, whereas the Facebook community is moderated because you can do that easily on Facebook, it, it would be pretty hard to operate a moderated um, email community email successfully. So yeah. we're, we're not doing that. And I think if we can't make it work, then eventually we'll just stop having it. But I would, and, I, and I'm not saying that's in the offing or anything. I'm just saying, if it can't work for people, then we don't have the energy to do things that aren't working. Um, so I really ask people to um, help us make it work and, um, and, and keep that uh, avenue and venue alive for the people who who need it and want it, but do so by helping us do it rather than just being critical of it all the time and saying, well, I'm not going to be on that. Well, you know, we we have to change the way the leadership list works too, so that it doesn't look just like the conversation list. Um, and so, um, you know, otherwise we are doing our members a super disservice. And so that's where I am on that. <laughs> so we're going to take a short break in a few minutes. So those of you out there with questions or comments, get your hands ready. But before we do that, I was wondering if we could have just a few moments of fun. And like I said earlier in the program, you guys work really closely together. You work really well together. So would you each take a moment to tell us, the listening audience, something about the other that's interesting, fun, surprising, something you learned working together. And let's switch it up. Katie, you go first. <laughs> hmm. Well, let's see. Um, I just, I just really enjoy working with Deb. Um, I enjoy, um, you know, just, I've just really enjoyed getting to know her over the past um, couple of years. And um, it's just, you know, it's, it's been great to, to learn from her and, um, you know, uh, we, we talk about guide dogs together and the, the, um, mischief sometimes that our dogs mm -hmm. can get into and, um, you know, just different things with, with technology. We both, you know, both really like that. And so we kind of geek out on that a little bit too. So, you know, it's just, it's a pleasure to, to make another friend in ACB and, um, looking forward to, to continuing to build on that relationship. Awesome. You're both scary smart, but I think that, Deb, you're scary smart in a way that people, they, you know, we're getting to know you a lot more now. You know, I think people would be surprised at, at how fun you are when you're actually conversating. <laughs> mm, there you go. 
Well, well, the, the, the thing I have to, to tell on Katie um, is that Katie, you want to be careful. You want to be careful uh, when you when you ask Katie a question because she might talk you into something. So Katie talked me into <laughs> buying a mantis the other I day. I wonder what she was going to say with that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, 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 you did. Actually, you and a couple of other people. But Katie was yes. a prime prime mover on that because I know that Katie and I use technology in a lot of the same ways. And so, you know, there there are people who you could ask and who, who would like something or not like something. I could ask my husband about something like the mantis and he and oh, I do I not agree about these things at all. And so um, and so if he said, well, I really don't like it, I would just say, well, then I probably do. But um, but in this case, um, Katie, and so mine comes on Friday. And um, yeah, so anyway, I'm really excited. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I joke uh, I joke that I should, um, you know, I joke with yes. that I should get a commission from APH for all the the people that I've, I've recommended the, the man. Oh, you know, I use, people used to say that about me and a lot of different (laughs) products. And I used to say that basic, and and I had a friend who would call about every six months and he would just say, I'd like you to go over what you've gotten or really strongly considered in the last six months. So I can see what my next purchase should probably be. And I always crack me up and I don't do that anymore. That's something a retired person can't really do. So I have an old phone and old, old stuff, you know, but I get to have a new braille display. So nice. All right, Byron, we're going to take that short break. And when we come back, we're going to start listing and uh, interacting with our listeners. Wasn't the 2021 ACB conference simply amazing? And now you're looking forward to exploring the new podcast content from our conference sessions. That's why we're currently working to edit all of the convention content, putting it into podcast form. And we're planning to share that new podcast content with you throughout the month of August as content is finalized. We'll be releasing the first few sessions from each track, along with the general sessions, around August 6th, then releasing more each week throughout the month. To find and play the latest ACB podcasts, visit the ACB Media Network podcast page at www.acbmedia.org slash podcasts. Or subscribe to the podcasts on Pinecast to be notified when new content is available. The ACB Media Network Podcasts, a true cornucopia of information. Ooh, cornucopia. Yeah. Who Do we know who recorded that? Sounds a little like Jeff that Tom. That was Tony, Tony Schwartz. Tony, Tony Swartz. Tony Swartz. You have a great radio voice, yeah, sir. That was great. <laughs> All right. Let's take a look at the hand situation. Do we have some up? Uh, let's take a quick look here. Do, 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 do. I don't see any at the moment, but if people want to get those hands up, please do. Oh, there we go. We have one. Uh, we have somebody with a, who's calling in over the phone, and they're from the 330 area code. I'm going to ask you to unmute. Hello, 330. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. I mean, I'm really I'm glad. Uh, I'm thankful for everything that... Uh, that ACB has has done, and I'm glad that you know uh, we do all the activities and and everything that we've been doing on there. Well, thank you, thank you. What's your name, and where are you from? I'm Stephanie. I'm from Ohio. Hi, Stephanie. Do you mm-hmm. have anything a specific question for Katie or Deb? 
So how do you handle? So what? So how are we gonna? Uh, uh, how are we gonna move forward with um with with this election? With the amendments or what they're yeah. gonna do now that yeah, they've the been elected? Yeah. All right. Um, Deb, Katie, you wanna give a brief overview on on uh, August fourteenth and fifteenth and what to expect? Well, on August 14th, we're going to we're going to be having the we're going to be having the meeting to basically discuss the um, amendments and on the 15th, we're going to vote on them. And we're going to use the same voting process that we used um, for the elections. So you want to keep if you remember, you want to keep your voter information handy that you got um, a while ago. And boy, that's a tough one because it just keeps moving further down the email from me. <laughs> but um, but um, we we will be using a pretty similar process, and we will be voting on the uh, constitutional amendments that actually the final drafts or the the published draft is is about to be released. And um, uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, moving us to the possibility of uh, full time future remote voting. That is so any, exciting. Any additional comments? Um, All right. No, I just, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, I just, I think, you know, I'd encourage everyone to make sure you do have that vote now code handy. And if you, you know, if you, if you need it to, you know, reach out to, to ACB um, mm -hmm. for that information so that you can, you know, exercise your, your right to vote. This is, you know, this is a membership organization and, and we are a democratic membership organization. And so, each of us has has the right to vote, and just like we do in our in our country, um, you know, we need to make our voices heard on this issue. And so, um, you know, listen in on on the fourteenth, and and let let your voice be heard on the fifteenth. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, if you do have specific questions or concerns about the amendment in terms of that they will influence how you vote one way or the other, it's really important that you reach out to someone, whether it's someone in your affiliate or someone um, that you know anywhere in the organization that's um, experienced about, you know, about the organizational processes to make sure that you get all your questions answered. Because we don't want anyone to vote without being informed or being able to form an opinion. And there's, it's not about pressuring people to have a particular opinion. It's about making sure that you understand what you need in order to vote the way you want to vote. And so, um, you know, um, it's, it, it, this is a really good time, not so much on this call, because we're not part of that process directly, but to, to reach out to people um, and get assistance um, to understand the decisions that are being made and the implications of them. Absolutely. You know, we were we were talking about the different ways that everybody communicates before and just a just a point of if this works for anyone else. I took my my voting code, the whole body of the email, copied yeah. it and pasted it into a notes I so that yeah. you know, when it I was actually, time I could just go and click. Yeah, I did that yeah. and I flagged mine. I have mine in my yes. flagged flag yep. email folder so yeah. that it's yeah. it's there handy. So. Yeah, I did too. And and I think mm -hmm. that's that's what I do with anything like that. In fact, I put it on the calendar for those dates because it's like that's when I'm going to use idea. it. 
and I yeah. put it on the calendar with That's the event so I would remember to because I I find that if I don't do things like that I do yes. lose them or accidentally delete them and I'm one of these people who lets my trash purge uh, a lot and um, so then pretty soon it's gone forever and um and and that is a sad thing when i've done things like that so so yeah i i have it on my calendar i actually have it in a note um i um i've done a few things too um mm -hmm. i tried to memorize it but i actually found that i was forgetting it so it's i, too I must have too much i just brain. click on yeah. the link and it's yeah, done yeah. yeah yeah so i put that link in my calendar and mm -hmm. then it's part of the notes on the event and again, if you don't have access to the internet, you can vote via phone. And right. there are instructions. You know yeah, we'll, that'll that. that'll be gone over. Um, I and don't. And my have that husband, who's my husband, who's a big fan of making sure everything is available on the telephone, even though he does have internet <laughs> and does know how to vote online, he voted every time on the phone to make sure it still works. So uh, he reports that the voting on the phone is fabulous. And um, so if you do need to vote by phone, absolutely. And if you don't like those little phone trees, um, you know, they've you've been able to call up and um, uh, vote with a person. Now, I don't know whether they're going to be able to do that on the 15th, because that's going to be a Sunday. But for the elections we had during the convention, you were able to call and get a person if you really found the but the, but he said the the tree was pretty easy because really you just entered your code and then they just gave you do you want it or not want it or for the candidates do you want this one or that one and so yep. you know it's not we we didn't have a dozen things to vote on if you had a lot of things to vote on you know then having a human help you might be good but he said that this he thought most people would be okay with with this way. So I thought that was good to hear. Byron, do we have any other hands? Well, let's take a look. And and while I'm looking, I would like to ask you guys a question because we were all really busy during convention, a lot of mm -hmm. stress. Um, yeah. I want to yeah. know what you guys did, all three of you, um, Anthony, Deb, and Katie, what did you guys do for yourselves after convention was over? How did you recuperate? Oh, ladies first. <laughs> I don't know that I did recuperate very well, certainly. I actually had um, kind of a bad week last week. I just didn't feel well and had some um, sleep oh. issues. And so oh. I think I was just kind of, um, you know, it's kind of like that post-convention, you know, you're in the moment during the conference and then after you're just like, whoa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and I didn't, I, I helped out where I could, you know, I, I, and I, and I also was working during that time too, which is mm -hmm. kind of the, the drawback of the virtual convention for me yeah. uh, personally, it's just, you know, a lot going on in a week. And so I actually um, did not do much self-care. Um, and so I'm kind of working on that now moving forward, but um, I, you know, it's, um, yeah, so that's that's how I handled it. So, I, so I, uh, Katie's running on fumes then. <laughs> yes, I kind of am too, because actually, um, and I'm sort of noticing that because I'm noticing that this week I'm kind of processing a little bit slowly. But um, uh, for me, the convention was huge, of course. Um, it forced me, I live in the West. Um, I live in Pacific time. And so it forced me to live on Eastern time. And so I was getting up every morning at um, four 
in the morning, not because the convention made me do that, but if you were on East Coast time, that's probably what you'd do is get up about seven. So I got up at four every morning and I think one day I got up at 3.30, but I, you know, I was done. There wasn't any more. And then I was exhausted. I remember one night I had to go open the next gen room because somebody went to the wrong spot or something. And I opened it up and I was teasing them about the fact that, well, now that I'm here, maybe I should just stay. And they were like, oh, you'd, we'd love to have you stay. And I said, well, I can't. It's really late. And then I looked at the clock. Said, it's six o'clock. So, um, you know, I, I, I realized <laughs> yep. that I, I was a little nuts. though, right. So um, but 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 the convention is just one of the things that I do. And so this week, for example, I have the Audio Description Institute to event event manage. Um, and, um, and I have the Iowa convention this month to um, event manage. And so, um, it, you know, the convention is the biggest thing I do all year, but it isn't the only thing. So uh, stuff goes on. And basically, I sort of postponed uh, things that needed to happen for the Audio Description Institute and the Iowa Convention, and they all got sort of postponed till after convention. And according to my calendar, it's now after convention. And so I'm pretty busy um, getting those items uh, in gear. Um, and then I have a couple of other commitments in the world besides ACB, and those have had things too that got postponed till after the convention. So um, I am sleeping in a little later, which is helping, although it took a few days for me to adjust just like it would if you traveled. Um, but I am still pretty busy, so I really haven't had a big um, a chill down. I, I'm going to have to, unfortunately, have to echo um, both of these great ladies. Um, one thing I did do was last Sunday, um, obviously, there was a repeat of Sunday edition. Uh, I took Sunday completely off, no social mm -hmm. media, no phone Good. calls, no yeah. anything. You know, we ate, we watched, uh, we binge watched a, a great show called Mozart in the Jungle and, and mm -hmm. just turned off everything last Sunday. But then Monday, I had to start, you know, kind of picking up the things that were, like you said, kind of paused for the week of convention. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I think, unwinding as well. Yeah. All right, Byron. So, what do um, we have in the wings? So, uh, Saturday was my first uh, chill down day after a week of, of working in the field right after convention. So Chris and I just binge watched Babylon five <laughs> on Saturday. So that was kind of nice. Oh, very good. Yeah. All right. Well, we have two different Terry's. Um, so we have traveling Terry and Terry Pacheco. So I'll start with traveling Terry. I'm going to ask you to unmute and uh, feel free to speak. Hey, Terry. Hey guys. Hey. Wow. First of all, I want to say awesome call and congratulations, Debbie and Katie, on your new positions. Mm -hmm. And what an amazing job the entire ACB community has done. That was my very, very first ACB convention. And I cannot wait for Omaha, Nebraska, except I've got to find a pair of shoes with rollerblades or <laughs> run down the hallways. Um, but I just have to say, what an amazing um, accomplishment. I mean, 168 or 100, I don't know, more than 160 events. And I am so excited that everything's going to be saved and repodcast. And I really feel we touched a lot of people and really showed mm -hmm. unity in our community. 
And what I want to say is, is uh, Katie and Debbie, thank you so much for coming on this call and sharing that. um, Yeah, change is not fun, um, but that's how we grow. Um, I didn't want to lose my sight three and a half years ago. I could stay in bed and cover my head and, you know, do whatever, go in a closet, I don't know, hide, but that's (laughs) not me. And if it wasn't for finding ACB last August, I'm almost in my one year anniversary. Um, I, and just the environment of growth and the embracement of caring, um, you know, fostering voices, choices and community. I love that saying, and it just touched my heart and I can't believe what I've been able to accomplish. And the only reason why is because of all the support of everyone mm-hmm. who's been in this community and bringing um, new energy in. And with that change does occur, but you know what? We're all here together. And Absolutely. Just like, yeah. And just like they did in 1960 when it wasn't agreed that the community was going in the right direction and we needed to change. And they crossed the street and sat in that cafe and said, this is the direction we want to go. I think we need to look at that and and say, okay, what's working, what's not working. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Debbie, for sharing that. And Katie, thank you so much. You ladies, it's, it's, just so enlightening and so encouraging so many of us women in the community to be, hey, look what Katie and Debbie's doing. We can be that. We can do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, Anthony, that help inspire you to get up and get moving? Oh, yes. Get up and get moving. Oh, my God. I'm having so much fun. Oh, the amazing people that I'm meeting and getting to work with Tony Stevens and Tom Tobin and Leslie Spoon and Sheila. And um, I also have the honor of working with um, Dan Dillon. And also, you know who I'm super excited about is Connie. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, yeah. I am super, yeah, and it's it's an amazing team. Um, the energy is so synergetic and you guys get ready because we're not just getting up and get moving. You know, the first thing we have to do to get up is stand. And that's one thing I believe this community and unity is going to stand together and take one step at a time on getting healthier physically mentally and spiritually. And I am super excited to be part of the team that is um, leading the way. And our goal is the next three years that ACB will be a a household name and Mm -hmm. people will be like, wow, look at them. I want to go be with them and not be like, oh, there's a, there's someone who's vision impaired and blind. Oh, look at them walking. I, I, I'm, you know, no, we want to be like, Hey, wait a minute. What are they doing? I want to go join them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And with the Killies and all our wonderful um, well, heart heroes, I'm super excited for our community. We'll be back on Sunday edition um, towards mid to late September when we have our Get Up, Get Moving special. But thank <gasps> you, thank you, thank oh. you for these beautiful words. And um, we're going to hear from the other Terry. 
Yes, Terry uh, Pachinko. Sure this is my visibility beautiful. <laughs> oh, before we before we move on to Terry, can sure. I just I just want to say you know thanks to to Terry um, for you know for your great feedback, and I think you know you touched on a lot of really great points, um, but you know that that part of you know just not not being afraid to you know stepping out um you know yeah. adapting to the change um and you know i'm i'm so pleased that you found your place with a place with an acb and that's what we we hope that everyone will find is is a place to belong and um you know we we strive for that and and i think you know with with the work that acb is doing with with you know the corporate partners and things like the get up and get moving campaign you know we are getting recognized and um, rightfully so and there's a lot more work to be done in all of our areas of advocacy including healthcare and you know health equipment but that's not the purpose of this call but um you know i think i think that acb you know, can and, and will play a role in those areas in the very near future. So it's very exciting. So just thanks for sharing your feedback and your story a little bit. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Absolutely. And I just want to say, Terry Pachenko, it is such honor to have you a part of my journey as well. Um, Terry Pachenko and I, uh, double T's, wait, wait till we get together on working on some uh, <laughs> stuff together. I, yes. Her energy and her energy and her encouragement. Oh, Terry, thank you so much. And I, I am um, handing the mic over to you, Terry. Take it away, girl. <laughs> you know, if you have either of these Terry's in your corner, you're a very lucky individual. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome back, Visibility Terry. <laughs> my I'm goodness. glad you're in my corner. <laughs> my goodness, my head is swollen. <laughs> really? No, I'm just saying it's, it's, that was so much nice. Just so many nice compliments in the last, what, minute and a half i'm not used to that <laughs> well they're all well but anyway well as are all of yours as well um i don't know i think anthony has just brought so much to acb in the past couple of years a couple of years it's pretty amazing first of all i want to congratulate both deb and katie in their new roles um but I think you're going to, I, I, I want to ask, I have two, two issues. Um, first one, and Deb, this is probably your level, your area of expertise. Mm -hmm. On the email lists, there just seems to be such a simple solution to a good bit of the problem. But there's got to be a reason why it doesn't work. And I'm curious as to what it is. You can't use control R or shift control R or reply or reply all like you would ordinarily do in Outlook or on an iDevice or anything like that with the email lists. Is there a reason for that? Why you have to go to the list of links at the bottom of the of the message? Um, one of the problems that we have right now in, in ACB that we will be um, figuring out how to address is that we need to get all of our lists to work the same way. They started out all working um, so that you could do um, a reply, reply all. Part of the problem is the way groups.io works, but um, but part of it is also the way we have some of our lists configured. And so um, 
some changes were made about some of that that um, that I was talk about surprises. So I I was not aware that we were making to to solve some different problems, and I don't think it was the quite the way to do it. So your question is well founded. Um, I think the problem that we have is not so much what the what the keystrokes are will be or how they work, but wh whether we do it in a consistent way. And um, I, my understanding of all that across our list is that we're not. So, um, uh, so that is on sort of my hit list of things to try to figure out um, what's, the, what's the best way for this to work and how can we best do this in groups IO and how can we do it consistently so that whatever the direction is, it always is the same. And so um, I think that's the, a point well taken and something that is on the radar. Well, I do hope that it goes with the uh, the control R and the control shift R because those are the more standard, especially when you've got a thread that's 17 messages long that right, you've got to get right. to the bottom yeah. of to, to get to. IO has some constraints there, mm -hmm. but but I believe we can still have a consistent process. And yeah. so um, that's that's been something that um, you know, before convention, I kind of wanted to get dealt with and then just got over overloaded with stuff but um it, it's on the radar it's mm -hmm. it's it's a very it's the point well taken yeah thanks um and the other issue which i think is kind of a bit of an elephant in the room mm -hmm. is the board of publications has certain responsibilities and authorities laid out for it in the constitution um I'm wondering where all of these new staff people, uh, Jennifer, Kelly, um, everyone that's putting things out in general, be it on Facebook, on YouTube, in emails, what have you, all of that, according by the Constitution, basically belongs under the Board of Publications. I'm wondering how the BOP is planning to work with the staff maybe as ex officios or something, especially with Jennifer, with all of uh, her communications issues, how you plan to not butt heads, shall we say? Um, because I think that there's some real serious issues there that are gonna come up and that have come up that uh, are going to need to have some set of, some type of a process that so maybe Terry, isn't in place yet. The Board of Publications does not micromanage publications and doesn't do that by constitution. It probably at some point in the past did, but there's no requirement that it micromanage them. So it is, what, no, you're right. No. It's not, I'm so, not so, talking micromanaging. Right. Okay, so so in the context of 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 ACB's communication protocols the um, Board of Publications is actively and more represented by more than one person, um, part of the um, Public Awareness Steering Committee, which actually oversees, oversees much of the communication process. Um, if, it, if there's an issue with respect to communication policy, um, that probably would and should come to the Board of Publications. But the other reality is that as things are changing, so may be the role of the Board of Publications. And mm -hmm. to the extent that we don't know what that ultimate role should be, uh, we're, we're not delivering any, anything in the way that we uh, typically have. And so 
Um, the Board of Publications still has an oversight role and still actively manages some forms of communication, but um, you know, we, we need to figure out in, in the grander scheme of things, um, has the Board of Publications role changed in some ways? Should it change in some ways? And do we sometime or other need to catch our constitution up with it? Um, I don't think we're anywhere near ready to make those decisions. And so um, I think the Board of Publications is doing its due diligence or has in the past. That's why I'm kind of responding to it is the last three years or so, two years, three years or so have been me uh, guiding that, um, that we have been um, responsive to, to policy process um, within the organization. Yes, you have we do not, we do not, we don't, we don't, um, the only staff person that we actually have some, some level of oversight for, but not direct supervision of would be the editor. Um, and that's, so that's, that's the, true. That's you know, the only one yeah, that you actually right. have, yes. the, uh, have staff right. oversight, oversight of, that's but correct. you do, but you do have based on the, on the, based on the constitution, you do have oversight of, of all of the publications. And we do in fact take that. Including, in, 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 and you have been doing that. I'm not criticizing you. <laughs> right. I'm looking at, and that's why I'm, I'm wondering about Katie's position on mm -hmm. it in particular, sure. because I think this is something that's coming more, it is not so much in the past, but it's coming up. That mm -hmm. as much as, um, is, is, is something that's going to need to be addressed in the pretty near future. Right. So I think, I think it absolutely is going to be addressed. I personally don't have all the answers right here, right now. Um, but I think it's, it's a conversation that, you know, ACB has, you know, we've never had a communications professional in our office. We've not had the capacity and the resources to really have a communications presence like we have now. And, you know, as, as communications continue to evolve, um, you know, I think I think that that ACB, the BOP, the board of directors, you know, we're all going to, to look at, you know, what what are the roles and who plays those roles. And so I think I think that this is something that will, you know, continue to to evolve as you know, as the years progress. And I think it's something that, you know, again, you know, there there may need, you know, likely will need to be some constitutional changes and um, you know, I think that's just part of part of again, you know, getting that tradition meeting change to uh, to work work as it will, and and learning that as as ACB is is changing and growing and and increasing our our communication. You know, the the BOP needs to do its best to change and adapt as well. So, um, you know, I think I think it's important to you know to have have the the oversight, but also to have that open communication between the staff and the, and the BOP. And, you know, I, I know that, you know, a lot of us are all very, very engaged with, with ACB's communication processes and, um, you know, making sure that, that the communication that we put out as an organization is, is consistent and there's, there's, you know, consistent messaging. So, um, I, I think, think it's, that's that's well, it's I consistent think and it's accessible. So we've right. already had the big conversation yeah. about the fact that we are trying to. It sometimes is a pretty big challenge, but we are trying to meet a lot of of media requirements, and the BOP has a big impact on that. Um, yeah. That's a huge that's a huge piece that comes from the BOP, which is you know making sure 
that the messaging that we, we don't decide the organization's messaging, but we do want to make sure that the organization's messaging is as, as accessible and as available. So that means accessible from the standpoint of the accessibility protocols of it, but it also means accessible from the standpoint of how do people get to it. And that is a very fundamental and big picture piece of what the BOP does and I'm sure we'll continue to mm-hmm. do. And right. I, I, I can't imagine that we won't continue it. I think it's right. it has been a major part of it since the very early days of the BOP. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I do get a little concerned about some of the things that have been, some of the things like some of the issues that have come up with Facebook and with YouTube. Um, I think there are some serious issues there that need to be addressed and probably it's a learning curve be, though you know it, well I it's a learn it is a learning curve yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, it I is, think when, it when is the, a learn it, yeah. go ahead go ahead it is a learning curve but it also needs to be a learning curve by everyone it needs to be a learning curve by those that are putting out everything on facebook and on youtube and in uh, the video issue i think has become um, is I think they're learning, they're getting the idea, but I think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done there. And I think that's something that needs to, that perhaps the BOP could exercise a bit of its purview. So I'm that. not sure specifically, I mean, this is a little vague for me, so I'm not sure specifically what you're looking for there, but um, if you're going example, to put out something, if you're mm-hmm. putting out something, for instance, mm-hmm. on, let's just say on YouTube, Mm-hmm. And you're doing it in video, mm-hmm. and it's it's a, it's a little bit more difficult to do that with a group of totally blind people. Right, right. And so you're not getting necessarily what would appeal. What would right, right. If, if you're right. trying to appeal right. to the families and right. friends sure. and such, right. it's not it's not going to work. Okay. The we, way that I know, it's we, we they are working yeah, on it, are, yeah. and there are a lot more people that could be working on it. And that's what I'm thinking yeah, that sure. I, yes. that's all I'm saying is that's, that kind of thing. What is the message that's actually going out? So, Terry, let me just mention with respect to the convention, we offered every affiliate and committee the option to mm-hmm. have assistance to make their program video and make it work for them. We offered that. Mm-hmm. We cannot make them do that. At least this year, we just said we could not make them do that. Perhaps next year, we will say you will do it and you'll do it right or you won't be here. We haven't decided that. I'm just saying that's a possibility. But this year, the option was given. And I will tell you that across the board, I had a lot of very specific documentable requests to not have video or that yep. they, if they were only going to do it, if somebody in the group wanted to, and they would, that person would. So we had very spotty video. I totally agree with you, but unless we are going to tell affiliates and programs, and, and like I said, that's a recommendation you can make because, you know, it's something that we could consider, um, but we didn't do it this year. That wasn't a Board of Publications decision. It's not really in the Board of Publications purview. That's a convention decision. So, it wasn't, um, you know, take yeah. that to seriously take yeah, it. I'm no, not I, 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 I am because to tell you the honest truth, the two, two of the particular issues, two of the particular mm-hmm. programmings that I saw mm-hmm. had nothing to do with affiliates. They were things that came from the national office. 
Okay, but well, you know, can, so, real quick. So, we, so truly awful, raise that with the convention. So yeah. truly, I'm trying to get it to know, the right source I, I, because it's I'm not saying. a BOP issue. Okay, fine. It's, it, it is a convention issue and it's it absolutely. Con- no, it's yes. not a convention issue. Okay. It's not a convention issue. It's things that have been going on over the last several months. Okay. With okay. it. Yes. That's okay. what I'm saying. I'm, maybe so, this, this, is not a great, this is not okay. a great form for yeah. it. Sure. I didn't yeah. expect anywhere near as strong a reaction. Well, um, but yeah, anyhow, I, I wish you all well. And I think it'll go. I'm sure you'll yeah. eventually get it straightened out whatever way you want it to be. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's really will. about hearing what people want it to be. But it's also about figuring out where the responsibility lies. And so the BOP's responsibility around these things lies in in policy and certainly in technical assistance. And so if we want to if 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 we want to adopt a policy that says everything will be video and everything will work well in video. Um, but sometimes when we have people come, I know staff talked to me about a situation we had recently where we had an outside guest who came and was on video and wasn't in frame very well, but everything was already going and there wasn't a way to really solve that. And you might be referring to that particular instance and everybody would have agreed. Um, I do know that for the convention, I was very disappointed in the amount of usable video we will have acquired from the breakout sessions because people didn't see it as important. Um, We also have one of the challenges again with breakout sessions um, is that we have a lot of panelists still participating by phone and we've chosen to support that. But as long as we do support that, we'll have poor video. So, you know, it, it 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 is a policy piece and I think the piece of it that perhaps does lie with the VOP for sure is the issue of of, uh, how strongly are we going to um, mandate that that video is used and and where and under what conditions. And and certainly the commitment through the convention, at least for the convention events, and that's all I can really address Mm -hmm. right now, was very strong in terms of supporting uh, people to use video. We defaulted the video on, and this forced groups to either uh, know how to turn it off or to ask me to make sure we did. Um, and But it was really difficult because we had several panels, and this is no put down on our panels, but we had several panels where the panel moderator was calling in on the phone. And so there was absolutely a, a person talking that might have been on the video talking to nothing Um, We also had, and I'll just toss this in, in terms of accessibility, one of the things that frustrated me was the fact that panelists, um, although we asked them not to do this, panelists gave their panel links to each other, and what that meant was they all came in with the same name. So you can imagine how difficult it was for our cart reporters if eight Terry Pachecos show up. It looks like Terry's talking, Terry's talking, Terry's talking. And actually, she hasn't said a word, you know. Um, so we have a lot to do to deal with our um, accessibility. And uh, some of that is probably BOP. Some of that is, is probably board policy. Uh, some of that is, is needs to come through the convention committee. And so I think all I'm saying is not that the question isn't valid at all. It's just that the lines of where where is the best place for us to deal with it so that it's systemic um, and what does it actually need to look like 
um, is, is actually probably the question. So I don't mean to sound defensive about convention or anywhere else, truly. No, I think I we really need to do wasn't. a lot more with video. Like, yeah, because I, really, I wasn't really even referring yeah. so much to convention as I am mm -hmm. in general, our, out, our, our ACB's outface. Sure. And I think, I think to that end, you know, just, I just want to comment that I think, you know, even at the national level, we're still, you know, the, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to speak for anyone in particular on the national staff, but everyone's learning. I mean, national yeah. has invested a lot in, in equipment and things mm -hmm. to improve its video because it's not always been up to par. And so I sure. think, you know, the staff is, is learning. We're all learning, um, right. growing, changing, adapting. And so, yeah. you know, we want yeah. to, we want to have video. We need right. to improve in that area. And I think there are right. ways that, <clears throat> that the BOP, the Public Awareness Steering Committee, and ACB communication staff mm -hmm. will and should work together to make right. this happen. Because right. we want to meet, you know, we want, we want to produce the video and, and get, get high quality video yeah. Yeah. when, totally. when we, you when, know, when, when that's can. desired and yeah. when we can. So, you know, there's an like underbelly to side to that, though, as well, Yeah. because a lot of us, a lot of us want video. A lot of us are interested in the fact that video will bring in friends and family and, and all mm -hmm. of those things. But we also, you know, if we're a grassroots organization, we have to come from our end up as well. We have to step out of our comfort zones and try some of the Facebook or YouTube live events. Mm -hmm. And when something isn't working, we need to either bring that up the chain or ask right. what could I have done so that it would work right. for me. Right. You know, mm -hmm. we can't expect the organization to just provide everything without right. us being without us being willing to go out of our comfort zone and try to support it from the ground up as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't yeah, tell you yeah, how many times I've called Ira to help with, you know, hey, am I oh, good? Yeah. Or, I use Ira you know, all the time for my video stuff. Or, yeah. you know, be my eyes can help. Um, or, you know, again, if if people, people are concerned and, you know, we know that there's video coming up, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel confident saying, you know, staff will help as they can. Um, yeah. You know, again, we have a small staff and maybe we need right. to look at, you know, putting together a committee of, of some people with sight or low vision who could assist with that. Um, you know, sure. Maybe that's something we that could do. Be an excellent job. Well, we've um, had several people volunteer and believe me, mm -hmm. I was, I have always been open to calling on Terry and others. Who have yes. offered, but we Zelda don't get a lot of takers. And, so we have yeah. to actually educate our members, um, particularly at at the affiliate and program level. I mean, yes, there oh. may be some other thing too, Terry. I'm not dismissing mm -hmm. that, but I saw it huge at the affiliate and program level at the convention, and it was very distressing to me because we offered help to do that. And I think it would have made some of their presentations so much more accessible. Um, and, um, and they very definitely declined me. So that, that's what I'm responding to and railing about is not actually your comments as much as, dang it, you know, we can't even get them to take what we do offer. So um, it is a challenge. It's an ongoing challenge. And it's like so many things, you know, people, um, have gotten used to um, uh, the way we do our community calls, which is with no video. And I see, I think we should change the way we do our community calls. And, Amen. You know, and they should have video so that by the time we got to the convention, um, 
you know, we would be good at it because that's how we got good at having the community calls was having lots of them and doing it and practicing. And now people don't have, you know, the tech desk reported that they didn't have a lot of calls this year about the getting on Zoom because people mm-hmm. have been doing that part. So if we if we ratcheted that next phase up and said, okay, um, more video calls, um, more more conversations that are happening in um, uh uh, the community need to happen on video, just on video in Zoom. We're not shooting them over YouTube or whatever, uh, just on, on video um, in Zoom so that we can just practice and we can give each other feedback. And, you know, once you learn where to put your, your camera, your PC or your iPad or whatever you're using, once you learn where to put it, it pretty much um, is workable, you know, so uh, people just don't know that. I think there is the fine line, though, too, and I, um, you know, we could, we, we clearly have a lot of passion around this subject, <laughs> but I, th- I think there is the fine line of, because even in, in, you know, the, my working world of, you know, some people just mm-hmm. don't always want to be on camera, right? Sure. So right. I think there is that line of, of yes, you know, it, encouraging people to, to use video and in, increasing that knowledge and understanding, but also, again, that that line of mm-hmm. of respect about you know if you're calling it on the phone, we you know we re- right. we appreciate that. If you just don't want to be on camera at mm-hmm. the time you're speaking, we appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, you don't have to be on camera if you're not speaking. That's very common. What people do is they'll mm-hmm. turn off their camera when they're not speaking or something. Mm-hmm. So um, I think yeah. there no. there certainly is room for improvement, more awareness, more education around this. And I think right, right. Um, totally. I think, you know, I think we'll get there. And I think, again, mm-hmm. on all levels of our, our affiliate, I mean, look, you know, none of us knew a year and a half ago we'd be in this situation or in this space. Right. And so yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's just another area where, you know, I'm confident that, that ACB National and, and the affiliates and, and programs will continue to, mm-hmm. to improve. Yeah, I agree. Well, Terry, as always, you bring um, discussion mm-hmm. that comes to passion. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, so, no, thanks for raising that. It's, thank you, it's thank great. you. Byron, let's see who else we have uh, waiting in, in the wings with hands. All right. We certainly do have some people waiting with hands. Um, uh, Debbie, Debbie is uh, waiting in the wings. Debbie, I'm going to ask you to unmute and feel free to speak. Good afternoon. Good. Um, my question to Terry or to uh, Katie and Deb both would be, what would you like to see happen in the next year or two that hasn't happened yet? All right. Wow. That's a really good question. Um, I think just looking for me, um, I think just looking to see, you know, how, how are our communication will, will continue to evolve and, and this, you know, within, within ACB and as a, as society as a whole, right. I mean, I think, you know, there are constantly new and different avenues of communicating. And so how, you know, how do we as ACB incorporate those into our repertoire, into our channels and, um, you know, continue to grow and expand and, and reach, reach the, those who we're not reaching, because the reality is that, you know, a small percentage of people who are blind or have ex- or experiencing vision loss are part of a consumer group. So, yeah. you know, we, we need to be doing more to, to reach out into the communities. And so I'm just really, um, you know, interested to see how, 
you know, how we have, we have staff within our organization who are going to be, you know, working on communications in addition to working with those of us on the, you know, volunteer level as, as the BOP and the public awareness. And so, you know, how do we all work together to, to really, um, you know, increase communication around, around ACB. And that, that's exciting to me is, you know, how can we get out there and, and really increase our increased awareness around the awesome work that we are doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm reluctant to think too much about something that just hasn't happened at all because the, we have so many different things kind of started and going. I don't yeah. know that I want to just have anything come zinging out of the blue, although I'm <laughs> sure it might. Um, so, you know, that that's that's okay with me. But um, but I, I agree with Katie about the overall issue of, of membership development being a, a a primary thing that we need to really continue to focus on. I think we've done a few good things around that, but we need to need to continue to do that. We need to look at our um, we need to look at our affiliates. Um, we have some affiliates that are doing well, both on the state level and on the special interest level, and we have some in both counts that are not doing well. Um, and one thing that tells you that they might not be is that they never showed up for the roll call um, when we voted. Um, and it shouldn't take that much to do that, but it's too much for some folks. And um, and um, I think that we have some affiliates that are uh, really struggling. So how do we offer, you can't do it for them, but how, how do we uh, think about helping people um, retool their message and uh, retool that? And I think messaging is really an important piece. I think one of the things that ACB has lacked over time and I think is struggling with and may be on the verge of doing better, but is having consistent messaging that goes uh, top down and bottom up so that it's, it's, a, it's messaging that comes uh, from our leaders, from our staff, uh, messaging that comes uh, from our affiliates and that our affiliates you know, buy into and message that gets all the way down to our chapter levels, because I think I said this during the forums, but I know it's true. Um, that is that we have members at the chapter level of our uh, state affiliates and some of our, our special interest affiliates have chapters as well, many do not, but some do. Um, but at that level, at the grassroots local, local level, we don't even really know that they're part of this organization. And um, I think that um, that uh, uniformity of messaging it doesn't mean we have to have complete uniformity of thought. That's I'm not I'm not working on thought control, but I am sort of working on um, message dissemination. Um, and and we need to, as as uh, uh, the first Terry pointed out um, in in the when we think about the get up and get moving campaign, the idea is that people would associate that campaign with something positive and would associate that campaign with something ACB. And I want that to happen all the way down, all the way down to the um, chapter level. If I could just wave my hand and make a change in this organization, and believe me, uh, uh, people would probably like to know I think this way before they voted for me because they might retract their votes. And I can guarantee you that I'm not about to try this. But if I could just grant myself a wish um, about messaging, I would actually change the names of some of our organizations so that they all had ACB in their names. 
So yeah. uh, whether you are, you know, blind pride of ACB or, you know, whether you are ACB of Ohio or whether you are whatever you are, uh, I, I wish every affiliate actually had ACB in their name, not because it would change anything at the affiliate level or who you are or anything, but I want to tie you back to this organization. And so, um, you know, some have done this and every time one does, I get really excited. Um, but but um, I, I wish that uh, I, they don't all have to be ACB of some things. They could be some things of ACB. I'm, I'm really flexible, but I want ACB in there because I think until we are able to really embrace the national organization, um, which we are all part of, I think, I think we will struggle to arrive. You know, before we go to another, another hand, do you, um, do you support the idea of just looking into uh, regional um, affiliates and, and maybe combining oh, I have some no of problem the smaller? With it. I have no problem with it. I think that, yeah, yeah personally, I think that um, that it, it, that someday we may not have any geographical affiliates, or we might only have them in the places where it really makes sense for people to get together. So if you had an affiliate in uh, New York City or something, but you know, you, you know, that might make sense. But but really, I mean, uh, the, because our affiliates have learned how to meet differently and learned how to operate differently as needed, uh, the geographic affiliation is less attractive. I'm several hundred miles from the closest geographic affiliate uh, at a local level in my state. They don't, I have not got one. There isn't going to ever be one. And um, I don't mean to sound negative. There just isn't going to probably be. So, so um, uh, I, I think that probably our our overall strength comes from the autonomy of our special interest affiliates and the geographic affiliates where they're able to work together. I think where geographic affiliates make sense is around legislation, because if you need to do something in your state, you need to get people in your state yeah. together. But I don't know for sure, personally, this is absolutely just me, if there's other, a lot of other reason, if you can't physically meet with them, I mean, if you're not close enough to meet with them, I don't know if, if there's any compelling reason to be a member of a state affiliate for the most part. So, you know, that's just me. And, and I'm not saying we should do away with them. But that means that if some states wanted to develop something regionally, Again, it wouldn't help them enough legislat no, legislatively. They'd still need to be able to create a base in their state for that. But if they wanted to collaborate, we already have affiliates who have joint conventions. Um, and I, I'm a-okay with all that. Yeah, I don't think there's anything magical about the way we have our affiliates right now. They ought to serve the members in whatever way serves them best. Katie, quickly, or should we go to another hand? Let's let's take another hand. Um, I I I want to hear from all right, Byron from our audience. All right, let's see. We have uh, somebody with the five zero eight area code. I'm going to ask you to unmute, and uh, you should be able to speak. Hello, everybody. This is Jane Perry. I'm from Falmouth, Massachusetts, on Cape Cod. I say I'm your Cape Cod connection to the <laughs> to a very wonderful place where the snowbirds come up here, and it's a beautiful day out here in uh, Cape Cod. First of all, I don't know if Terry Pacheco is still on the call, but you know we have a very special bond. 
is that um, I have family that live in Onset, Massachusetts, and she lived in Onset for a very long time. And how I met Terry was through a thing that she um, put on as navigating iOS devices for people who have low vision. Mm -hmm. And I love her visibility calls. So, Terry, I hope I get to meet you in Omaha because I am going to Omaha. This year was my first legislative and um, ACB conference. And it was after community that I rejoined the Bay State Council for the Blind. Mm -hmm. I have a quick comment and then a question. My comment is relating to something that happened at conference or convention. Mm -hmm. And that has to do with communication. I have a rare syndrome of my eye disease, retinitis pigmentosa. And this gentleman called in from Hawaii and asked the AFB people if they had any information on Alstrom's disease. And they Mm -hmm. said no. They never knew what it is. And I think we need more communication and more outreach about rare syndromes because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I finally connected to my Barty Beetle support network group through an Aging Alliance call that someone was on there, and she has the same syndrome as I do. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's my comment. My question is to do with the Board of Publications. You said that your meetings are open to the public. When Mm -hmm. are they, and how do we get to listen to them. Thank you very much. I could probably talk. Oh, it's almost the end of the hour. So it was nice meeting all of you and congratulations to all your newly elected positions. And Anthony, I love the music through um, social justice that you had. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that great um, question. And we have not covered the meeting. So they are the first Tuesday of the month. So one is coming up this coming Tuesday, August 3rd at 9 p.m. Eastern. They are streamed on ACB Media. Uh, there is information about them in the, um, the community schedule. If you, get, if you receive the community emails, the, the information is in there, as well as information will be shared out via the ACB um, conversation list. And um, you know, we'll make sure that information gets out there. They are on Zoom, so if you want to you know, call in on your phone or on a computer, you are welcome to call into the Zoom platform as well and mm-hmm. participate. Yeah, the easiest way probably to find them is sections. on the community. Yeah, the yes. community yeah. email list. Yes. It's on the le- weekly list. I'm looking at it right now mm-hmm. and it's there and it will be on the Tuesday list. Yes, it will. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies, would you be willing to answer two or three more questions after we go off air? We are hitting uh-huh. the top of the hour. So Byron, why don't we run another promo and my, my closing and we'll take a couple of questions offline. But uh, I want to say thanks to Katie and Deb Cook-Lewis for a fascinating conversation. Thank you for everyone who's called in so far and we will be right back. July 26th was the 31st anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA. We are incredibly thankful to Vespero for providing the first corporate contributions of this year-long ACB 60 for 60 campaign and for launching a matching challenge to our ACB members and our partners. Vespero will double every contribution made to the 60 for 60 campaign up to $10,000 over the month. Their matching challenge will start today, July 26th, in honor of the ADA's 31st anniversary until August 31st, 2021. To join the challenge in honor of the ADA's anniversary today, please donate at acb.org slash donate. You've been listening to 
Sunday edition with Anthony on ACB Radio Mainstream. For more information, questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, etc., please email celebration AC. That's the word celebration with the letters AC at AOL.com. Look forward to hearing from you and let's brunch again next Sunday.